Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the support that we get. And uh, as we endeavor together to not just learn the Word of God, but to hide the Word of God in our heart. And um, if you have any desire to get a hold of us, you can do that there. Biblical Principles at Juno.com. That's all lowercase letters. Biblical Principles at Juno.com. I do want to talk to you for just a little bit today, just a little bit today on the value of a soul. The value of a soul. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 11, and verse number 30. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 11. In verse number 30, the Bible says, The fruit of, a, of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So we see here that the soul has a value because it can be won. It can be converted. Our desire as believers should be to convert those that are unbelievers to Christianity, to, con- to change those from a lifestyle of living for the devil to a lifestyle of living for God. But you have to have a desire. You have to be dedicated. You have to be determined. And sometimes it takes years to see any fruit. But in order to produce fruit, you have to supply the right ingredients to the plant so that it can produce fruit. Just like in our lives, we have to supply the right ingredients to our lives to be able to live that abundant Christian life. You have to supply the right ingredients to a sinner to get them to see their need for a Savior. You just can't walk up to somebody and say, hey, you need to be saved, and if you'll kneel down right now, you can pray and get saved. No, it it takes time sometimes, especially if they're in the pits of despair. It's going to take them a while to see not just their need for God, but to see that God will save them. So we see that the value of a soul is valuable because it can be won. It can be converted from a lifestyle of darkness unto that of a lifestyle of light. And then in the book of Daniel, chapter number 12, in verse number 3, the book of Daniel, chapter number 12, in verse number 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Not only is the value of a soul seen in the fact that it can be won, But the value of the soul is seen in the fact that not only can it be won, but those who win souls will be rewarded. The Bible says they will shine as the brightness of the firmament. This life does not have a way of equaling the life that's to come. We spend a very short period of time down here in relation to the time span that will take place for all of eternity. And we as believers need to realize that what we do here is going to affect how eternity is, not just for us, but for those that we're involved with on a day-to-day basis. The Bible says, "...they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever." The things that we do for Christ are not in vain, Unfortunately, we don't always see the rewards here in this life, but there is a reward for winning sinners to Christ. There is a reward for doing things for God. There is a reward for being faithful, and that reward will not be seen here on earth, but it will be seen in heaven 
in that new glorified body when Christ comes and redeems us to himself. And we need to live our lives, although it is sometimes hard to see past the day-in and day-out struggles that we face, but we need to get past those to be able to see that the value of a soul is for all of eternity. It's not just something that will last for a moment, but it will shine as the brightness of the stars forever and ever. And then the book of Acts, chapter 1 in verse number 8. The book of Acts, chapter 1 in verse number 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Here the Lord Jesus Christ is explaining that those who are saved will receive power to be able to be a witness. Ye shall be witnesses. It doesn't say you might be. It doesn't say you could be. But it says you shall be witnesses. And our witness is not just supposed to be in one location, but it's supposed to be everywhere we go. Look here if we could just paint this picture for a minute. Say, for instance, it says both in Jerusalem. Well, what's Jerusalem? That's that area closest to us. That's that area where we're exposed to every day. Jerusalem could be your family. Jerusalem could be your co-workers. Jerusalem could be the lady at the gas station that you see every day. That, that, that nucleus of people that you're exposed to on a regular basis where they see Christ in your life. And then it says, in all Judea. Now, that could be just by way of, um, just by way of illustration, that could be the, the man who brings the package to your house once every two or three weeks. You know, sometimes those delivery guys are different guys. That could be the man at the gas station that's 10 to 15 miles from your house that you've only seen one time. That Judea, we're stretching out a little further from Jerusalem. And then the Bible says, and in Samaria. Now, what would be the modern-day Samaria? Let's say it's somebody 100 miles from your house. So you go on vacation somewhere to the mountains or to the beach or to a park, those people you're not going to see, you're not going to see them regularly. That's Samaria. That's a little further off. Those people, they need, they have a soul that has a value too. And we have to promote the gospel as we do not just our day in and day out tasks, but also those tasks that are a little unnatural for us where we're going just one or two times. They need the gospel. There is a value of a soul there. And then the Bible says, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, where's that at? It could be overseas. I, I give money to missions once a month. I give my missions money, and that money goes to missionaries to proclaim the gospel to those that really I'll never see. But what am I doing? I'm realizing the value of a soul, so I'm putting some money into a missionary's life so he can have resources to be able to proclaim the gospel. And these are things that we all should do. It's not just a it's not just a local witness, but it's also a geographical witness. One there'll be people at the judgment seat of Christ that I've never seen before that will be saved as a result of me giving money to so that somebody could go unto that country or unto that place and be a witness unto them. And that's the value of a soul. We have to realize that it's it's valuable. It's it, it, it doesn't have a price tag on it. 
Let's look in the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 26. The book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let me read it through one more time. Very powerful verse here when we look at the value of a soul. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, as I look at that verse, there's only one thing that I can think about. I just see a, I see a giant scale. I see a giant scale. And on one side of that scale, I see one soul, one human soul set on one side of the scale. And on the other side of the scale, I literally see the whole world. If you've ever seen a globe before, I'm not talking about a globe. I'm talking about the whole world, earth, placed on the other side of that scale. And that one soul tipped the scale. That one soul was more valuable than the whole world. The problem is, the problem is, the last part of that verse where it says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, the value of a soul is, it's, it, it cannot be valued because it's worth more than the whole earth, the whole world, the whole world. If you own the whole world and your soul was not right with God, you still wouldn't have anything of value because the world's going to burn up. But what does a man give in exchange for his soul? Could I ask you if you're listening to this podcast and you're not saved, what are you exchanging your soul for? What are you saying is more important than your relationship with God? Is it money, popularity, fame, a job, prestige, a position? You know what is happening? You're trading your soul for the things of this world. And when it comes down to the end, The only thing that's going to matter is whether or not you ever gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And if we have given our heart and life to Jesus Christ, we need to be diligent about trying to get others to see their need to be saved because the value of a soul is at stake and it's worth more than the whole world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verses 3 and 4. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." Here it very clearly says that the gospel is hidden from those that are lost. They're not looking for it. They're not pursuing it. They're not trying to find it. It's hidden from them. Why is it hidden? Verse number four, because the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He's got them so confused. The devil has got them so busy. They don't even think about their soul. I used to go to a juvenile detention center, and I used this illustration a lot down there, and it it worked well 
in in this regard because I would tell them that the devil is not interested in a 40-year plan. He's really not. The devil's whole plan is just to get you to stay lost one day at a time, to get you through the service without getting giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ, to get you back to where you were at so he can continue to blind your mind because you're consumed with the things of this world. Because what happens when the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, shines under them? They get saved. They realize they need to be saved. But they're blinded because of sin and the devil. And we need to realize that the gospel is hidden from them. And the only way that they have a chance of finding it is if we, as believers, take it to them. Because the value of their soul, it's priceless. The value of their soul is priceless. And we need to realize that it's our job as believers to get the gospel to them so that they can know the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they can be saved because their soul is priceless. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 6 and 7. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 in verses 6 and 7. I have planted, of course, this is the Apostle Paul talking here. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You know who really deals with the soul? God. It's just our job, very simply, to take the gospel to him. I don't save anyone. I just point him to the one who can save. I'm, I didn't die on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. And if my life can be a witness to them because I see value in their soul, then I need to point them to Jesus who can save their soul and can redeem them from a life of misery and pain and defeat. But we have to realize that we're just planting and watering. And a lot of times if you plant a seed, it might not come up for a year. It might not, it might not come up for two years. You got to get some water on it. So I might walk by somebody and plant a seed and somebody else walk by and put some water on it. And you know what will happen? Eventually, that seed will start to grow because God is the one who gives the, the increase. It's not up to me to win souls. It's up to me to present the gospel to a lost and a dying world so that God can get the honor and the glory for what's done in their heart and their life. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and verse number 11. The book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and verse number 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. This is God talking about his word. His word's not going to be void. But his word's going to go out and it's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. The word of God pricks hearts. The word of God deals with sinners. I've often said time and time again, as you deal with sinners, if you, as you deal with somebody that's lost. When I was a young Christian, I had a man teach me this. And it's, it's invaluable. It's, it's very important as you deal with a sinner 
The Word of God is what saves a soul. The Word of God is what gets the work done in the heart and the life. So you can talk to them about Jesus all day long, but what you want to try to do is try to leave them with a verse. If you'll just get a simple verse that you can quote very easily, like Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and you'll just leave that verse with them, then as they lay down at night, the Word of God will do a work in their heart. There's been many a story said, many a testimony given about how somebody quoted a verse and that person laid down that night in their bed and that verse kept ringing through their mind. Why? Because the Word of God doesn't return void. It's going to accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. So as we look at the value of a soul, we have to realize that really the only way to win a soul is with the Word of God. You know, really, the value of anything can only be determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. That's really the only way you can determine value. And there's, there's diamonds that are so big and so rare that they're worth millions of dollars. But I could very simply take a cup of dirt and scoop it up and try to sell it to you for $1,000, and you're going to be like, Brother Jason, I, I don't need, that's a cup of dirt. It has no value because nobody's willing to pay $1,000 for a cup of dirt. Now let's look at that from the spiritual aspect and realize that the soul is so valuable that God was willing to give His only Son to die on a cross to save us. That's how valuable our soul is. That's how valuable your soul is. God was willing to give his very best so that we could be saved. And so a soul is, is priceless. It's going to last for all of eternity, and it's priceless. And the only thing that we need to realize is that's extremely important to God. If you're saved, to tell somebody about Christ. But also, if you're lost, you need to realize that your soul is so valuable that God sent his own son to die on a cross to redeem you to himself. He loved you that much because to you, it doesn't seem very valuable, but to God, it's priceless. <laughs>